Osiris. This podcast is in the loop, the Legion of Osiris podcasts. What does that mean? Osiris is a community of great music and culture podcasts. If you like this one, go check out others at osirispod.com and get in the loop. Osiris is partnered with Relics Magazine at relics.com. Welcome in to episode 50 of The Bluest Tape. I am Harvey Couch alongside... Jeff Kolath. And Jeff, what is the, uh, what's the gift for the 50th anniversary? Do you know? <clears throat> I think the uh, 50th is gold, golden anniversary. Welcome to the golden episode of The Bluest Tape. Thanks for joining us as we take our weekly journey through the live catalog of Widespread Panic. Um, if it's your first time joining us, thanks for... Hopping in, we'll um, hope you uh, enjoy your stay. And if you're a return visitor, we appreciate your uh, continued support. Um, Jeff, good week. Well, it's an interesting week to start. I mean, we're recording this on Tuesday, and this will be out on Thursday. So um, we got a new Secretary of State. We got a maybe a new head of the VA coming up. Uh, the Packers cut a beloved player today and signed two, um, which are risks and Jimmy Graham and Howard Wilkerson and Penny Hardaway might become the new basketball coach at the university of Memphis by the end of the week. So big thing. Other than that, pretty, pretty mellow week. Pretty quiet. Uh, I woke up this morning thinking my focus could be on the penny, you know, penny watch. uh Your, your, your boy Tubby was going to have his uh, meeting with the administration at four o'clock today. And he no showed. No showed at the meeting apparently, and because uh, why would you show up for a meeting that you know you're going to get fired? I mean that's one way to do it. Uh, there are some stories about when when Billy Gillespie was on the verge of getting fired at Kentucky, like they literally couldn't find him to <laughs> fire him. Like wouldn't answer his phone. He was literally like I think in the car driving around the city to avoid being found until they finally you know got a hold of him. They, um, it's been an interesting week, um, here in Memphis with that story. Just, you know, it broke last week that Tubby was probably going to be out. Penny was going to be in. Then the Tigers go on a bit of a run in the conference tournament, have a 13 point lead at half against Cincinnati in the semifinals. I think everybody is taking a collective, holy bleep, what is going on here? And then the Tigers became the Tigers again and they lost. Um, and now apparently he's ticked off that he asked a bunch of guys and their families to move here and they didn't get, they're not only getting two years and he's thinks Penny and a, some prominent boosters have undermined him. And this is his way of of sort of pushing back. I mean, he's being asked to leave, but he's going to walk away with $9.75 million in his pocket over the next six years. Um, and actually the university is better off paying them that because they're going to lose a ton of money in revenue because nobody's going to the games right now, but, but we might have Penny Hardaway and then, uh, your boy up there, coach Cal is going to have somebody to, uh, recruit against. And, uh, especially when they tried to steal away DJ Jeffries over the summer. Well, let's, let's focus on uh, teams that are still playing basketball, <laughs> at least in the NCAA tournament this week. We are, um. We've got a special, you know, special episode planned. If you are not a college basketball fan, then I'm not sure what 
tell you, maybe skip ahead a few minutes, but we're going to break down the bracket this week. And um, as we make our picks, uh, I think I have the South and the West region. Jeff has the East and the Midwest regions. And as we pick our uh, regional final uh, prediction, we will play uh, some music that Panic has played in the location of the schools that we chose, if that makes sense. So um, that is the plan for tonight. Um, before we get into the, the college basketball talk, um, Jeff, do you have any uh, any sort of culture discoveries this week? I do. I've got my uh, new old pop culture discovery. Um, so we just opened a new exhibit at the Stax Museum of American Soul Music called Chaos and the Cosmos inside Memphis Music's Lost Decade, 1977 to 86. Great collection of photographs by a woman named Pat Rayner, um, who was good friends with Jim Dickinson and Alex Chilton and other really important people in the Memphis music scene during this time and was given really just incredible access in the studio, on stage. Um, and people's homes to just document this time of Memphis music that is incredibly creative, um, but really not as well known as obviously the Elvis and Stax and American Studios and some of the other things. So one of the things that we have in the exhibit is a series of video clips. And one of the video clips has been on YouTube forever. I just didn't see it for the, until last week. It's a clip of a band called Panther Burns, which is Taft Falco and Alex Chilton from Box Tops, Big Star, and then Solo Fame, and a guy named Ross Johnson, and then three other guys playing on a local um, talk show. Um, Marge Thrasher is the name of the host, and they play a version of The Train Kept a Rolling, and it's super hard to explain what it actually is, but basically picture the one of the most awkward moments in your life multiply it by a hundred and then put it on TV. And that's kind of what it is watching the Panther Burns on Marge Thrasher playing um, something that they call anti-music um, and getting into a discussion with, with, with Marge, who was none too pleased that Panther Burns had sullied her stage and her show with their, with their anti-music. It's a great clip to me. It's just, it's a perfect Thing to watch it and to hear people explain what they're trying to do and a bizarre Alex Chilton appearance. So Panther Burns on the March Thrasher show. We'll we'll put the link in the in the in the write up, but it's uh it's well worth watching. Well worth six minutes of your time. All right, I look forward to checking that out. Um, so my my selection is a newer band that plays old type music, uh, and that is a band called Greta Van Fleet. Are you familiar with these guys? I've heard of them. Aren't they from? Aren't they young guys from Michigan that play like Led Zeppelin or something like yeah. that? Yeah. Well, like so power trio stuff. Yeah. So they're uh, it's a four piece, but um, yeah, it's basically they don't play. I mean, I think they do some yeah. Zeppelin covers, but they essentially just sound like Zeppelin. Yeah. Um, and uh, they're uh, I think they call it a double ep maybe it's like an eight song uh album um black smoke rising is their debut studio album um and i think i'm a little behind the curve on this because they've you know it's been out for almost a year i think but um it's three brothers and then a fourth guy and um it's just it's really good i mean i i would assume it seems like it's the kind of music that maybe you know 
not that you would get tired of, but you know, it's not necessarily something you want to listen to every single day, but it is certainly catchy and it's kind of cool to hear, um, you know, a, a new, it's almost like a lost, you know, Zeppelin album, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like new songs played in that style. So, uh, I'm not, I'm not above, um, you know, uh, retrospectives and, and look at, you know, having present people looking back at, at olden days stuff. So it's not all about things that came out in the seventies, Jeff. <laughs> well, they're all really young. If I recall only like yeah. late teens and, and, um, you know, which I, it's just sort of every, and I think I, I read an interview with them, I think in Rolling Stone and it was talking about being young guys and getting into classic rock and Zeppelin and stuff. And then, you know, they turned it into a band. So, well, and one of the things that I, that I an interview that I heard of them was, um, you know, that not only were they into Zeppelin and stuff, but they're actually into like the influences of Zeppelin, you know, that, mm-hmm. that um, the old, you know, original American R and B and, and stuff that, that Zeppelin and blues that Zeppelin ripped off, you know, ripped off and, you know, covered and made their own, uh, that that was a lot of the stuff that, that they drew inspiration from. So it's kind of mm-hmm. cool, you know, fresh look at that stuff. So anyway, yeah, Greta Van Fleet, uh, if you haven't checked them out, uh, I'm sure lots of people already have heard them, but if you haven't, uh, it's definitely worth uh, looking into. So, all right. So, um, basketball, how are you, how do you feel about the, uh, about the bracket this year? Well, I think the teams that probably have a beef to that, that didn't make it. Um, I think there's a couple that probably do have some claims, but I think overall they probably got the best 68 teams. Um, you know, I think Gary Parrish does a really good job on, on CBS sort of breaking it down teams that basically didn't make it. They lost in their conference tournaments, mid majors, and they could have solved their problem by just scheduling up and playing better teams. And instead they played garbage in their non-conference schedule and didn't make it you know, they hedged their bets, they lost and, and, and didn't make it in. So I think probably my quibbles, I think overall the seedings are probably accurate, but I just think the placement's a little questionable. Um, I think they overloaded the Midwest heavily. Um, they probably have the weakest four seed in that bracket with Auburn, but they put Kansas, Michigan state and Duke all in the same bracket. Um, and on the flip side, they put in Villanova's bracket, it's Villanova, Purdue, and uh, Texas Tech are the top three seeds in the East. And Villanova's good, but Purdue and Texas Tech are both teams that could lose in the first weekend. Um, I don't think Villanova is. And then on your side, um, I think that it's it's probably pretty good. I think Kentucky's probably underseeded as a five. Of course, Coach Cal. That happens got, every single year, so I don't know why we're surprised. Every single year, blah, 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 blah. Um, they get shipped out to Boise, and they got to play Davidson, and then who, who could beat them? And then they got to play Arizona. So we'll get into it. But anyway, yeah. I think overall it's probably pretty good. I will say that this is probably the least – of any season of my lifetime, this is the least I've followed college basketball. And I think partially that's because my three teams all stunk this year. Yeah. Um, Indiana, Wisconsin, and by default, University of Memphis. So we're hoping for big things next year. I figured you would just be rooting for uh, – is, is Houston where uh, Kelvin Sampson is? I mean, you'd just be rooting <laughs> for them, right? As a Sure. Indiana fan. I'll just uh, go back to my default mode and cheer against the teams that I always cheer against, all of whom are blue. 
So. <laughs> different shades just, of blue. Just different shades of blue. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I get that it's a it's a hard uh, it's a hard thing to do to you know place these sixty eight teams and do it fairly. And in some ways, though, I feel like they they're starting to overthink things, especially as they brought in the different pods and the 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 first round hosting type things. And it's just like um, they try so hard to make sure that the they're you know, it's balanced and that the higher seeds get regional advantages. And it seemed like back in the day, it was just, you know, this is, this is where you're going and this is your seed. And, you know, that, you know, but you, you generally got what you deserve there. You know, mm-hmm. if you weren't like, Oh, well, you know, we had to do this because this team was over there. And then, you know, this is where you ended up. And I feel like that's, uh, that leads to some, um, miss, seeding. And the other thing that, that seems like is an issue sort of every year is they have a different, you know, um, what are they, what is it called? It's not a commission, but you know, the selection committee the committee. Um, it's like the, the, uh, the things that, you know, the things they use to decide, it's like, it changes every year. It's like one year, it's like, what's your last 10 games record. And then one year it's like, what's your record against the top 50. And then the next year it's, you know, this year they're doing these quadrants, Mm-hmm. You know, you get a slide rule to figure out and it's all that stuff's already baked into the RPI anyway. And it just seems like, you know, we're getting away from the eye test and like just being sent, you know, being sensible about looking at a team's body of work and, you know, Oklahoma has lost 11 of 15 games and maybe we shouldn't put them in the tournament, you know, things like that. So, um, I don't know. Anyway, it'll all shake out. Everybody will enjoy themselves. There'll be good games and we'll forget all about this in in a couple of weeks. But uh, as a fan of a team who seems to get slighted, not, you know, and I don't think that I'm not one of those, they're out to get us, you know, I mean, I don't think it's on purpose, but it seems to continue to happen. And so then it just becomes frustrating. You know, why is this continuing to happen? What is wrong with the process that's that's allowing this to continue to happen? Well, I'll say two things and then. I'll, I'll address what you just said. I think that I think Jay Billis made, said, said something like you could have made this bracket without ever watching a single game all season, but right. just going off what was in front of you. Yeah. Um, and, and I, I don't do think, think that's what you should be doing. You yeah, know, I don't think not- that's, and so it's, you know, the Oklahoma thing is interesting to me because they have 13 losses because they've lost, like you said, 11 to 15. Trey Young is an exciting player. They wanted, I mean, it's, they probably wanted him in the tournament. Um, but Oklahoma State beat them twice. Oklahoma State beat Kansas twice. Like that team should be in the tournament over Oklahoma. Um, and I guess the other part of it is, to me, there's always sort of addressing what you just said about Kentucky. There always seems to be a team that gets punished for one reason or another, and it's art. In you can't honestly tell me that it, it might be subconscious, but there's always something that there always is something happens. It's like. This year, I think it was Kentucky, but it also maybe didn't get punished. But I think it was Arizona, sure, who wins, yeah. the, wins the Pac-12, and then we're going to make you a four seed. And oh, by the way, you get to play Kentucky in the second round. Well, and, oh, by the way, if you win, you get the number one overall seed. Yeah, and, and so and the, it's just, the, the problem always. Happens. Yeah, and the problem that makes it even worse is that like once when you make those mistakes of underseeding teams, not only are you punishing them, but you're punishing everybody that plays them. You know, I mean, it's the same thing that happened when Kentucky played Wichita State uh, and Wichita State was undefeated and we were an eight seed and ended up going to the final four. That was unfair to Wichita State. And we were, you know, 
vastly under or underseeded, and you end up punishing a team who had a really good season, and they had to play a Final Four game in the second round. You know, I mean, it's just that it's not just the team that you're punishing. You know, by misseeding, it's basically the entire region. You know, so yeah. Anyway. Do you think it'll ever? I mean, last year was sort of the was as close to the like the Armageddon final four right with south carolina and florida making it um you know again it sort of shook out obviously carolina and gonzaga were both strong teams do you think we'll ever have the final four that just is where we're, a tournament where it is complete anarchy where we do see a 16 beat a one or we do see the one seeds lose in the first weekend or multiple one seeds lose in the first weekend and you do get the the bizarro final four with no blue bloods. And a lot of it is based on because of, because of decisions that the committee has made as opposed to performance of the team. Again, anybody can beat anybody. Like I believe that, but at the same time, I do think that the kind of echoing something you said, which is they overthink a lot of times. And I do think it's going to bite them some year you know, again, we get the George Masons, we've gotten the VCUs, we've gotten the Wichita States, um, but George Mason VCU have been sort of the flash in the pans. Obviously, Wichita State and Gonzaga both become powers at this point. Um, but eventually, I think it's going to get them where we get this just trash Final Four that nobody's going to watch because they were, you know, were clever by two, but by half. Um, and I don't know what it looks like yet. Maybe this is the year, but it just doesn't seem everybody's in the middle of the season. Everybody's saying, Oh, there's so much parody and anybody can win the tournament. It's like, no, it's, no it's like 10 teams, you know? Yeah. So, it's, it's the uh, same thing every year. Right. And everybody loves the, the upsets and, you know, roots for the upsets, but, but ultimately we want to see, we want to see the blue bloods in the final four, maybe, you know, maybe an underdog. Um, but yeah, you, you don't want to see a seven seed South Carolina, and, and I don't even remember what Florida was last year. But um, although you know, I mean, I think it is a statement on on the rise of the SEC. But um, well, I, I don't know why you laugh. I mean, they had half the Final Four last year, and they have eight teams in the tournament this year. I know but, they're good. They're but, good. Um, but yeah, I mean, and I think really, it seemed like the peak was the was the year when you had the two two eleven seeds. Uh, make the final four, you know, and um, mm-hmm. so we'll see. I mean, um, it's it's usually entertaining, but um, hopefully, it, yeah, I hope we don't we don't have Armageddon. <laughs> uh, no, we'll, we'll, well that's the, yeah, you're right. So, well, right. now that we're exploding on that, let's get into the bracket. So we'll start on we'll start on your side, Harvey. We're gonna so there are those of you following along at home. We are going to start in the upper left, I guess, and that would be the South region. Um, number one seed is Virginia. So I'll set you up and ask you: Do you have any upsets in the first round of your bracket? Uh, I have uh, Loyola of Chicago beating Miami, and most of the country has that one. Yeah, it seems it to be happen, pretty. Which means it won't happen. Right, right. Yeah, unfortunately, um, I'm a little down on the ACC this year, and. Um, you know, Loyal and Chicago. Loyal Chicago's had a couple of good wins. They beat uh, beat Florida when Florida was playing well early in the season, um, and yeah, not super impressed with Miami. So I'll go with them, and uh, and I'll take Texas uh, over Nevada, the ten over the seven. So uh, I think uh, it seems like they're starting to to round into form. I like Mo Bamba, and um, and I think uh, it's good to have a, a tournament uh, tested coach come March. 
Mm-hmm. All right. So going into the Sweet 16, um, who are your who are your four teams left in this in the South region? So I've got Virginia, and then uh, in in like we mentioned, you know, a, a Kentucky Arizona matchup in the second round, which could really easily be a regional final or should be. Um, I think it's a really tough matchup for Kentucky. Um, I think Aiton is a fantastic player, but um, but I'm going to pick the Cats because uh, on this podcast, I don't remember what episode it was when we did the preview. What I said about the Wildcats were if they ever start playing defense. They're so long and athletic that they're going to be really hard to beat. And um, I've seen them play more defense in the last three weeks than they've played all season combined. Um, and so if they can maintain that, then I think they can beat anybody. Now, they can certainly also lose to anybody. They could lose in the first round to Davidson. Um, and I think there's a, you know, there's a decent chance of that. But, um, but you're asking me today, I'm picking the, walk, the, the Kentucky Wildcats over the Arizona Wildcats. So uh, Virginia and, and Kentucky on the top half of the South region. And okay, then uh, who you got in the bottom? And then uh, I'm going to take chalk on the bottom half. I've got Tennessee and Cincinnati. Okay. So then your final two playing for the trip to the final four. Who do you got? So um, I think Virginia is really good, and um, this is in you know not only is this a little bit of a of a hard over a head, but um, I I worry about teams that that play in the 60s in the tournament. Um, I know that playing defense is really important to win in March, but um, when you when you keep the scores that low, th- that means the other team is going to be in the game pretty much, unless you're totally shutting them down. Uh, it's hard to you know it's hard to keep a really good team from scoring sixty points, and if you're only scoring sixty five, <laughs> your margin for error is pretty small. So um, I think the Wildcats do this. I think having the week between to prepare. I think the game being played in Atlanta is a is a pretty significant advantage for the Wildcats, um, especially if they don't have a big uh, a big fan draw to Boise. The rest of the Big Blue Nation is going to be ready to to descend upon Catlana, and uh, so I've got the Wildcats over the the Cavaliers, and then uh, I've got uh, the Bearcats over the Vols. So I've got. Uh, the five seed and the two seed in the in the finals in the south. And who you got headed to the final four? Well, at this point, I've got to just keep riding the train. So I've got the Wildcats uh, going all the way to the final four. Like I said, um, you know, I'll be happy to eat eat my words when they lose in the first round, which uh, you know is certainly possible. But uh, I like I like how they're playing. I like um, you know, especially if they can get Jared B- Vanderbilt back. Um, they're getting, you know, if they hit their outside shots and they play defense, they're going to be. I mean, I realize that that you could say that about every other team in the in the tournament, but if they hit their shots and they play defense, there's not many teams that can beat them. You know, it's not just that they can beat anybody. It's if they're hitting shots and and engaged on defense. I, I don't know if there's many teams in the country that can beat them. Mm-hmm. All right, so tell us about your selection to support your claims that the Wildcats will make the final four. So um, we have, uh, we have visited um, these shows from Lexington quite a, quite a few times. Um, we did an entire episode on, on Lexington shows and, um, and have played, I think we dipped into uh, played some of the, the four twenty three ninety nine and the sandwich show. And then I think the 95 red mile show was in the, in the Mikey show maybe in August. So um, I'm going to go to the 1996 red mile show, October 20th, 1996. Um, And the selection that I'm making is uh, 
after drums. They play uh, the section around drums is uh, L.A. Pigeons into Please into Drums back into Pigeons, which is really good. That was that was like my second choice. Uh, if you haven't listened to that, definitely check that out. But um, we're going to pick things up after that, uh, after that Pigeons, and uh, we'll close out the rest of the second set with this selection right here.
pick from the his the perspective south region champs at the university of kentucky october 20th 1996 from the red mile racetrack um mercy into port song into down on the farm into postcard so like i mentioned this is uh after drums basically the the close out of the second set and um this is just a really good really good passage of music i think the mercy is is kind of dirty um my recollection of the show was that um you know outdoor show that started um you know in in daylight sort of you know dusk and that uh by the time the mid second set it kicked in it was really you know it was nighttime and so the lights had really started to take effect and the smoke and uh i remember this mercy being pretty pretty out there and then a really good porch um you know with the jam at the end not real long but but good and concise and then uh, a fun a fun down on the farm you know not something you always get and uh i was uh excited to be able to get that and then uh and a great postcard i think i i think i recalled the story when when I, we played the encore from this show back in the uh in the earlier episode um which was uh what west virginia dream song can't find my way home i think mm-hmm. um my uh, my prediction before the show was a postcard can't find my way home encore, which is kind of ridiculous to to project. But I did in fact get a postcard closer and a can't find my way home encore, so pretty close to to nailing that, which was not a very common thing for me to be able to nail to nail a call like that. But um, mm-hmm. yeah, I, I enjoy that this uh, I enjoy this show quite a bit, and this is a good uh, good segment from him. I think. All right, so let's go to. Down at the bottom left corner of the bracket in the West region, or the number one seed is the Xavier Musketeers. And uh, you got any upsets in the first round in the West? 
I have uh, only one, and that is Providence over Texas A&M. Mm-hmm. Um, I think I, I like you know I'm pretty uh, I'm pretty big fan of the SEC this year, but um, A&M is sort of hit or miss, and um, they've got good front court players, but I think Providence uh, the back court is going to going to rule the day. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's the only one I've got. Uh, you know, I personally think this. Uh, I know a lot of people think the Villanova region is. Uh, is sort of the easiest path for the one seed, but um, I'm not real high on North Carolina, and uh, as you may find out here in a, in a minute. But um, so I, I don't see a whole lot of uh, big upsets. You know, I mean, I think it's going to be uh, pretty straightforward. But we'll, we we can proceed now. So moving into the Sweet 16, I've got um, Xavier and then Ohio State over Gonzaga. Uh, and Michigan and North Carolina. So one, two, three, and five in the Sweet 16 from the West. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then I want to take uh, Xavier and Michigan into the regional finals. Um, I think Carolina has been been doing it a little bit with smoke and mirrors this year. Um, <laughs> and I think Michigan's really come on strong here at the end of the year. So uh, I like them. Um, but then I've got uh, I've got Xavier going into the to the to the finals out of the West. So um, while some people may think they're the I guess were they officially like the lowest seeded yes. one seed? Yeah. yeah. So um, but uh, like I said, I, I think they um, I'm just not real high on North Carolina. I think they're they're a little over seeded. Um, and while I do like Michigan, um, you know, I, I think that they're one of the the softer three seeds. So, um, yeah, so I've got the, uh, I've got the Musketeers. All right. So what's your selection for the West bracket? So, uh, I guess we're just, you know, we're driving up the road about 70 miles from Lexington <laughs> up to Cincinnati. So there's a regional, uh, regional situation here for the, uh, for this, for the, uh, national semifinals in San Antonio. Um, and uh, so we're going to go to the Taft theater in Cincinnati, Ohio, uh, September 12th, 1997 and um this is a good show a lot of different choices uh, and we've we've gone around this tour quite a bit this fall 97 tour this is really early in the uh in the tour i guess the what sixth seventh show um and so uh we're gonna pick things up uh out of drums um it was a really nice right before before drums is a uh, low rider driving love tractor driving breathing slow leading into drums which is I thought a really cool combo and uh, and there's some really good playing in there but uh, we'll pick things up coming out of drums and again uh, taking it through to the end of the second set.
All right, representing the West Regional Champions from Xavier University in the fine city of Cincinnati, Ohio, Harvey has chosen a selection from September 12, 1997 at the Taft Theater, right at the close of the second set, Party at Your Mama's House into a Bow-Legged Woman. Uh, yeah, you got to love JB closes it up with a yeah, boy, howdy. <laughs> um, I really, uh, I, I dig party at your mama's house like in this uh slot mm-hmm. um looking at the every every time played uh for party at your mama's house mama's house um eight eight of the first 10 times it was played it was in the second set um so it was almost like they were looking at it as a uh, it was a not necessarily like a jam vehicle but just sort of like a i don't know i just feel like most instrumentals kind of have a place more in the first set or as an opener, but that they were really using this more as like a cornerstone type song. Um, mm-hmm. you know, the, the debut in Louisville, uh, on five, seven you know, is, uh, is out of airplane and then gilded and then drums. So sort of like in the dark, you know, the dark area around drums and it kind of fits well there. Um, kind of stretched out and gives them some space to, to breathe. And, uh, so I dig that location, and then the uh, the bow legged is really, really good, um, stretched out, and some cool playing uh, in the middle, and nice sort of fully formed uh, Highway to Heaven rap. So mm-hmm. um, yeah, I hadn't I hadn't visited the show in a long time, so uh, I enjoyed uh, getting back into it. There's some there's some really cool spots in it. Yeah, it's a good show overall, but yeah, this bow legged's especially. Excellent. So a, no, a nice choice. That's sure the, the folks from Xavier are, are, are proud to represent it and you, you know, and vice versa. How about that? Yeah. So, um, all right. Well, are you ready to do some picks? I am. I am ready. Okay, so, well, you got your sheet there. We'll, uh, we'll move to the top right of the bracket. This is uh, the East Regional, uh, where they play the regional finals of semifinals in uh, – Boston, um, the Villanova is the one seed, and mm-hmm. the Purdue is the two seed. So, Jeff, do you see any upsets in the first round? I do. Uh, I've got Alabama over Virginia Tech. Um, love Colin Sexton. Love Colin Sexton. He's sort of displaced Trey Young as everybody's fair-haired boy for the uh, for the for the for the, for the as, fre- as freshman guards, you know. And he's made himself a lot of money in the last month too. So good he's he, he's the new hotness. Yeah, he is the new hotness. And then I've also got uh, Murrah Murrah State over mm-hmm. West Virginia in that the in racers the, in the five twelve. Um, That's going to be an interesting matchup between a team that really likes to get up and go and a team yes. that likes to really slow down. So, yeah, the battle of wills. And I love Huggy Bear, but I, it's just I, it's hard to pick against Murray. And I think in this, especially in this spot, um, and then I, whoever wins that Saint Bonaventure UCLA game is going to beat Florida. Um, okay. um, I think we've seen you know over the last few years, folks from uh, teams from the play-in game do especially well in the tournament. And I think they're going to be the one that does the winner of that game is going to be the one that does well there. And the rest of it's chalk. Okay. You got uh, the, one of the, one of the sexy picks has been Marshall over Wichita state. You're not, you're not taking that bait. No, I like Wichita state. I think they're pretty good. Um, but yes, Marshall is a team. I believe that scores like Wichita state can score a bunch of points and defense really isn't a concern. So Okay, well, um, take us to the Sweet 16. You got a uh, Nova over Bama. 
Yep, I got I got chalk. I got the one, the one, one, two, and three, and four. So Villanova, Wichita State, and then Texas Tech, which I'm a little leery about. I think they're probably the weakest three seed. Um, you know, well, I'm not super high in Tennessee either, but um, and then Purdue with the two, which Purdue could lose in the first weekend. I mean, that's the thing. All these teams could lose in the first weekend, but um, Purdue, I think. They got a bunch of seniors on their team. You know, they had a good, they had a rough patch there in the in the conference in, in the Big Ten conference. Didn't make it too far in the Big Ten, or actually lost in the Big Ten tournament finals, I guess, to Michigan. Um, but I think they'll be ready to play, and I think that they'll be um, they'll get a chance at Villanova in the regional final. And then I got the Wildcats returning to the Final Four. I just think that out, out of the four number one seeds, I think they have. You th- you said Xavier has has sort of the maybe the easiest plat path. I think Villanova probably does. Um, I think Wichita State maybe is their toughest game overall. Um, Purdue's got a lot of size and a lot of senior leadership, but I just don't think they've they. I just I'll believe it when I see it from them. So we'll take the Wildcats. So we'll head to Philadelphia, and there's a handful of pretty good shows. Uh, a, lot, a lot of choices there, huh? Yeah, but I ended up choosing uh, the first night of the Thanksgiving 1999 run at the Electric Factory. And again, I always offer a disclaimer. I didn't just pick this because it was the first three songs of the show and did skip listening to the rest of the show. Uh, Are you sure? Did you make it to the Tears of a Woman vacation tall boy closer? No, I didn't get that far. But I made it through all the first set and most of the second set. But, but uh, and I listened to the next night, but I think this is a really strong opener for a two night run. And uh, so we've been on a Friday, Friday, November 23rd, 1999 from the Electric Factory. Let's kick it off with Please. Right. No, 
November 23rd, 1999, from Philadelphia, Pennsylvania, the home of Villanova University. You heard the opener from a two-night run at the Electric Factory, uh, Please, into Machine, into Barstools. Was there anything particular that stood out to you from this uh, little section? So I just thought that the please opener was especially good. And actually the machine is probably, I wouldn't say it's just, it's, it's, it's good, but it's not as good as the songs that are surrounding it. The bar stools is fantastic. It's, it's, it's a solid version of it and um, had to choose between this version and another version for my second pick of the night. And I ended up going with this one. Um, I think both these shows from Philadelphia are really good. The second night, um, right at the end of the first set, the stop go is massive. Um, like an, I think it's an 11, 12 minute stop go. Um, schools is all over it. It's, it's, it's a fun version. The surprise Valley is good. And then the start of the second set pigeons, airplane, Hatfield climb to safety is strong too. So overall two good shows ahead. And then I looked at the 2001 show, with Traveling Light, Ride Me High, Pilgrims to open, and that was pretty good too. But went with the '99 stuff, and I think it will. Uh, I think it 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 should be. In, I hope everybody enjoyed it. But I think it's uh, good stuff overall. Again, I think the this '99 is a year that we probably haven't played a ton from, especially the fall. Um, but this was right at the end of a tour that I think has some pretty good parts. It has some kind of meh parts too. Um, but I think they closed it out pretty strong. And then actually, no, this isn't, this is pre Thanksgiving. I'm sorry. Duh. Mm-hmm. This, is, <laughs> this is Tuesday and Wednesday before Thanksgiving. Um, as I look at the dates, cause of course they had the Winston Salem and Hampton shows um, on the Friday, Saturday. So I was, uh, I don't, I don't have any, why didn't you correct me, Harvey? Uh, I was too busy looking at something else, and I was going to say I didn't have any issues with your your selections in the tournament. But I, I mean, th- this is a perfectly good selection. But um, you know, I'd forgotten that they actually played at the Electric Factory in the spring of 1999, mm-hmm. um, and I would say that that show has got some better stuff in than the one that you selected. Well, it might, um, but maybe I want to use that later at another time. Oh. I was holding back on us, Maybe holding back on the people. A spring 1999 20th anniversary retro- retrospective for next April. In, in another 50 episodes? I don't know if, if we make it that far, yeah. I just, I just want to share a little bit of the set list. The The first set has a B of D, Rebirth, Red Hot Mama, Diner, Greta, Going Out West. And then the second set uh, has an Arlene Hatfield opener. And then it goes floozy jam driving, big Willie mammoth drums jam driving a life grand. So pretty solid stuff. Sure, thanks for discrediting me with our with our audience, Harvey. And uh, anytime, I'm yep. happy to do it. Um, <laughs> I, didn't, I didn't take any shots at your basketball picks yet, at least. There's nothing so, really um, to. Uh, there's nothing really to do. Yeah. Nothing really to take a shot at, I don't think. No, I mean when you pick all chalk, it's kind of hard to think. Ooh, zing. So let's uh, let's move down to the bottom right. This is your last chance here. Um, as we go to the Midwest regional, mm-hmm. uh, where the the, uh, the regional finals and semifinals will be played in Omaha, Nebraska. The one seed here is Kansas. The two seed is Duke. Two of my least favorite programs in all of college <laughs> basketball, uh, and you know somewhere between the second and fifth most you know. Uh, decorated programs in, in basketball history. Um, well, 
Let's get uh, first. You got round. any upsets in the in the first round? I do. I have three. Um, NC State over Seton Hall in the eight nine game. Um, I got New Mexico State over Clemson in the five twelve, which is a you know another one of those picks that everybody is making, which means it won't happen. Um, and then I've got the winner of the ASU Syracuse game over TCU, which I'm guessing is going to be ASU. Which I can't believe I'm picking Bobby Hurley to win anything, but I have. <laughs> well, you know, it's like Syracuse is, but I could see Syracuse like making the Sweet Sixteen. You know, Probably, I mean, yeah. There, it seems like they always just have terrible seasons. They like back into the tournament and then like and then they reel off a couple wins. <laughs> Yep. Um, and then the next round, I've got Kansas. So you got uh, you got Trey Young going out in the first round. You're not. I do. You're not, uh, you see them turning things around here in the tournament. No, blaze of glory against Rhode Island. I did enjoy Charles. I think it was Charles Barkley. Charles Barkley and I think Danny Granger both had very strong words for Oklahoma being in the tournament and basically wanting them both both wanting them to lose in the first round just to prove a point, which I thought was pretty funny. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, so uh, let's get to the Sweet Sixteen. Uh, you got you have Kansas, I assume, over uh, NC State. Got Kansas. You have New Mexico State over okay. Auburn. Um, I got Michigan State, and then I have Duke. Okay. And then so uh take us to the regional finals. It's hard to pick against Kansas uh right now. Um playing really well and this is a I say a heart overhead pick, but I have no heart for Michigan State either, but I but I'm going to go with Michigan State over Duke and then Michigan State beating Kansas in the regional final. Um I think Michigan State's underseeded as a three. I think they probably, well, and I frankly, they should be in a different bracket, frankly, as a three. Um, they could have stuck them in the West. They could have slapped with Michigan, although Michigan did beat them, I guess, in the tournament. But um, I do think that they they kind of not as they, I won't, they didn't get jobbed as much as your cats did, but they kind of got the raw into the deal. Oh, no, they definitely two. got the raw. They should have been a two seed stuck with for sure. Kansas. So, but it gives us a chance to play selection from a really great show from a really great run that uh, March 95 run in the Midwest, 321 through 326. This is from the next to last night of this run from Michigan State University Auditorium, March 25th, 1995. A great show from start to finish. Lots to choose from, um, but we went with the something right towards the end of the second set and we'll kick it off with Diner.
March 25th, 1995, from the campus of Michigan State University, the home of the Spartans in East Lansing, Michigan, beautiful East Lansing, uh, you heard from the latter part of the second set, Diner into Driving, into B of D, into Driving, and um, sort of harkens back to the, the very first Widespread Panic cassette that I ever owned was uh, Missoula, Montana, uh, Halloween 1993, and there's a Driving, B of D, Driving in that and uh, i was familiar with like you know the studio stuff that panic had done up until then um but to hear a song like driving split in half and have this sort of like scorching instrumental in the middle of it really sort of opened my eyes up to what panic was capable of and i think that's uh so it's cool to kind of revisit that and um also really like i mean i love a big like 15 or 20 minute diner, but I can certainly, uh, there's a place that for like a nice, you know, eight or nine minute one, like we, like you get here. Yeah, this is a, it's a good version of diner. The transition into B of D is a little sloppy. Um, but it's interesting nonetheless. Um, and it's funny that you brought up B of D in the middle of driving. Um, thanks to our friends at the everyday companion. Um, they played B of D put B of D in the middle of driving four times in a row but played that played it about you know several or many shows apart so september 9th 92 driving bfd driving then didn't play it for 194 shows the missoula show halloween 93 same thing didn't play it for 56 shows until 32894 that's bfd and they put it in the middle of driving and then didn't play it for 104 shows until this show at east at east lansing and put it in the middle of driving again and then never put it in the middle of driving after that um so that's interesting that they would that they would do that um but there's songs that go together really well and i'm surprised they didn't bring it back more often Um, they must have really thought that transition was sloppy yeah i guess so (laughs) let's let's not do that again um but yeah this is a good show overall um again these we've talked about this this run before highly recommended you check out all of them the gradle this is the second ever gradle um and it is a great version of gradle it has this edge to it that sort of isn't there in some of the later versions of it i don't care they can't explain it but it's just good and then it heads it heads into a really great bar stools with a nice thank you tease in the middle of that um 
the low rider chili drums chili at the start of the second set's pretty strong and you know walk on in the middle of the first set um last straw contentment can't get high traveling light at the end of the first as well so um good show overall and i think it represents the spartans and their chances in the tournament very well all right so um as we wrap up uh, i guess we should each maybe make our uh, our final we, you know, you've heard at least half of our final four picks but maybe we'll, we'll each do our own so you can um see how we do um jeff do you want to you want to go first sure so I was torn between choosing which of uh, Wildcats out of the South. I couldn't at our time picking, but basically the winner of that Kentucky Arizona game is going to the Final Four. Um, and so again, back to my first complaints. Why is <laughs> second round game? I mean, it's the same yeah. thing. It's like whatever it was three years ago when Kentucky played Wichita State in the second round, and there was the two best teams in the region. Um, or when in two 2000- thousand. <laughs> 10 or is it 11 when Kentucky is a four seed with Brandon Knight and we get put with Ohio State as the one seed, the best team in the country. And then North Carolina is our two seed, who is the second best team in the country and had to beat both of them to get to the final four, only to lose to uh, Kemba Walker and UConn. But I digress. It's just so much winning. You guys have so much winning to throw in everybody else's face. I mean, uh, it's just, it's hard when, you know, people continue to put up these barriers and you have to break through them to continue to win. Sure. It's hard. So this is my initial scribble down Sunday right gut reaction bracket has Kentucky coming out of the South, wow. uh, North Carolina coming out of the West. Um, although I think Gonzaga probably is the team that's going to do it, but I'll stick with Carolina Villanova out of the East and then Michigan state out of the Midwest. Give me Michigan state out of the Midwest to get to the championship game. And then give me your cats to make it to the championship game and give me Michigan state to win it all. Wow. I'm shocked. I am shocked, I tell you, that you shocked. picked the Wildcats to the finals. I did not see that coming. Um, all right. So uh, you know that I've got Kentucky and Xavier on the one half. Uh, I'm going to follow you with Villanova and Michigan State on the other half. Um, and then uh, Kentucky and Michigan State in the finals. And I've got Kentucky winning it all with their ninth national championship in 2018 wow. to go with to go with just if you're a numbers guy kentucky also won the national title in 1948 1958 1978 and 1998 so wow how about that yeah so in 1988 they were on probation or something right uh, it's possible I'm not sure. <laughs> um, those are dark days the eddie sutton years yes chris mills um well very good that was a good, a good, good selections, and I hope everybody enjoys the tournament. Even if your team doesn't make it all the way to the final four, or if you're like Jeff and you didn't have a team in the tournament, or you didn't all have three of them in the tournament at all. Period. Um, but yeah, can I can I, can I just make a, a just a comment about um, Mike Shashevsky and the Duke Blue Devils? Um, I, I mean, I just because I didn't get the opportunity, and it's not really all that bad, but. Um, I don't know that I've ever seen anybody like do less with more than he has. And I realize they won a few years ago, but um, I mean the, the constant losing to lower seeded teams. Um, I expect that to happen again this year, um, and you know at least with Michigan State, and um, you know he's been able to get the top level talent in, 
to come to to Durham. Um, but I don't think that he's proven that he has has the ability to get those guys to play either together as a team or you know for for the team as a whole as opposed to you know for themselves. And I think that is something. Just a tie back to Kentucky, something that Cal Perry is able to do to sort of he enables these guys to play, um, you know, empowers them to play as a team. And I don't know that uh, as much as much love as Shashevsky gets as being a great coach, I don't know that he has been able to master the uh, the coaching of the one and one and done. Now, that being said, I imagine they'll now win the national championship. But um, those are my statements on uh, on Coach K. Okay, editorial comments from. Oh, actually, I should say, and that's the rest of the story with Harvey. Or, or something like you know, comments comments of the host do not you know reflect the the views of Blue Tape or Osiris Podcast Network. There you go. That works. That works. Right, well, we appreciate everybody's uh, willingness to uh, you know indulge us as we uh, you know it was our fiftieth it was our fiftieth episode. We get to do what we want to do. It's our show, um, but. Uh, you know, always fun to, to go through bracket and uh, maybe it helps you. Although I don't know if you're gonna have enough time by the time this gets out, you're not going to really have time to like change what you do on your bracket, but um, we'll try to get it out as soon as we can. Uh, all right. Well, thanks everybody for tuning in and for another week of the bluest tape episode 50. What do we, uh, what do we have for our, uh, for our out, outro music? I guess. Uh, so we haven't done down on the farm yet. Huh? So maybe we do that. Little little feet. Sounds good. Let's do it up. Osiris. This podcast is in the loop, the Legion of Osiris podcasts. What does that mean? Osiris is a community of great music and culture podcasts. If you like this one, go check out others at OsirisPod.com and get in the loop. Osiris is partnered with Relics Magazine at Relics.com. Thank mm-hmm. you.